Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. That's Alex Ferrario, he's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kiley. Going out to the 101 ESPN hotline right now to be joined by the Blues Insider for The Athletic and 101 ESPN. He's Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on the show after getting his updates down at the rink. JR, appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Anytime, boys. Doing well, doing well. Uh, so what is the update? Let's get the uh, the injury status first, get the kind of logistics out of the way. What's the update on Thomas, Buchnevich? What, are, what do you got on them? Are they going to be able to play tonight for the Blues? Yeah, so Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich were both on the ice this morning uh, for the team's morning skate. To my knowledge, that's the first time they've been back with the team. Uh, neither really participated in the power play drill, so it didn't look like either one would play tonight. But after practice, Craig Bruby said that Robert Thomas is a game-time decision, so there's a chance that he could play. He did rule out Pavel Buchnevich tonight. So with that being said, JR, it's another opportunity for Kasperi Kapanen to get the chance at the center spot. Do you feel like the opinions have changed at all in terms of Kapanen as a centerman, or is he just holding that spot for one of these guys to get back? I really think he's holding that spot. I mean, obviously, when you lose two guys, uh, Robert Thomas especially, and then Pavel Buchnevich, who they're trying to get a look at uh, center down the stretch here, see if he can be that type of guy next season for him, which I believe he probably will be. Uh, they, they need guys in that middle. So I think with Kapanen, Craig Ruby told us the other day, he really felt like that's just a, a situation where they're going to put Kapanen there now to hold down the fort. You know, does it pop up down the line? It could. Uh, he's looked okay there, but I think his uh, future, he's played a lot of wing in his career. That's where he's most comfortable and probably where, where, where we'll see him in the future. Talking to Jeremy Rutherford here on 101 ESPN. Uh, JR, when you look at what the Blues have done recently, they've picked up more points than I would like to see, frankly, uh, because <laughs> I'm rooting for that draft pick to get better and better. And uh, they, they've picked up a decent amount of points here lately. What do you make of the Blues improved goal scoring, I would say, uh, and their ability to get points down the stretch here. What does it say about this team? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I think you get some new players in here who want to prove something. We've talked about that before. But I do think that their element of speed adds something. Like a number of these goals that we've seen during this offensive uptick have been produced, I think, because of that speed. Uh, and just moving the puck better up ice. Now, granted, if we talk about the other side of this, a lot of goals against, you know, when you're up the ice offensively, maybe you're not back defensively. That's been a problem all season for the Blues. Uh, but I think these guys are doing a good job of gelling and, and working hard. And, and to be honest, listen, earlier in the season, you didn't see that effort. You didn't see the team working for each other, playing as a group. And I think down the stretch, whether it's not being in the playoffs, closing it out with pride, you know, new guys in here, whatever it is, they're just coming together. And I think playing harder, even when they're down two or three goals, like we saw the other night against uh, Boston. So, you know, you can look at it as a situation where they're trying to close out the season strong. I think there's a lot of effort there. 
effort leads to production. So I, I feel like one of the guys that's maybe most symbolic of both the good and the bad for the Blues this year is Jordan Cairo. He's up to 36 goals on the season, which is remarkable. But he's also had some truly horrific games. Like Saturday, for example, you get to the end of the period and you've got the back and forth between he and Craig Berube. I know you guys were able to ask about that and both of them gave the stock answer of, hey, that's that's going to stay internal for us. How would you evaluate Jordan Cairo's season, the, the good and the bad, JR? Yeah, I think it's been okay. And it's odd to say with a guy who has the goal total 36 and 70-plus points for the second row, year in a row, I think it's odd to say that. Uh, but I think you just have to say it's okay based on the things we've seen from his overall game. And the, the the good part here is that there's a lot of room for growth, right? If you're seeing a guy who can score potentially 40 goals and put up 80, 90, even 100 points one day, and you're talking about him just playing okay, that's a good sign that there's a lot of room for growth. But the, the flip side of that is there's got to be a willingness to grow. And when you see a little uh, headbutting, as we saw in Nashville, between the coach and the player, you know, I think you, you draw your own conclusion. You just hope that uh, he's willing. But like I said, I talked to Craig Ruby a couple weeks ago, and he said he feels like Robert Thomas and, and Jordan Kyrou are guys who want to be pushed and, and want to learn. So, you know, incidents like we see on the bench uh, in Nashville are probably byproducts of that. So, you know, good season overall if you look at the numbers for Jordan Kyrou. But, gosh, if he could just, you know, show some more awareness, be better defensively, and show that desire, I think you got an incredible player there. So, Jarrett, kind of an odd question, but we have five games left in the regular season before the end of the year, and then you figure out where this Blues team is going to be drafting. And, you know, we get a ton of people that fire back at us, surprise, surprise, when we joke around saying, hey, do these do these guys know they need to be losing right now to get a really significant draft <laughs> This is pick. a big one tonight, JR. <laughs> Huge game here in St. Louis between the Blues and the Philly, or I, the, the Flyers. I, I mean, they're, yeah. in a, they're in a three-way tie with, with Detroit and Washington at 77 points. Vancouver's got 75. Ottawa's got 80. Philly's got 71. Like, you are within striking distance of potentially drafting seventh overall. The question for me is, like, you covered this team when they went through that stretch of 2006 to 2010 of drafting players in the high rankings of the draft. Do you feel like there is some significance to this team getting a significant draft pick this offseason? Yeah, I think so. And first of all, yeah, I do feel old. I do remember calling Eric Johnson and telling him, hey, I just talked to the Blues and Larry Plow said they're going to draft you number one overall. And he said, I am. They are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you had hair then, JR. So, I had hair back then. So, so yeah, I've been around uh, for a while. But I think it's a situation like this. Yeah, if you have a chance to jump into that top one or two, even three, you're going to get a player who's going to come in and just change the franchise. I mean, he really is. And, but, and, you know, whether you can get that guy at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. here's the one thing I was talking to somebody about this a couple of days ago, you know, when you were talking about uh, rooting for the Blues to lose and get a better pick. I mean, go back and look at these drafts where you see the Blues take a Keith Osborne and then later on Quebec takes a, a Joe Sackick. Like, you're not always going to get the best player just because you draft higher. The, the chips are going to fall, right, where they may here with the wins and losses down the stretch. And, yeah, you're going to jump maybe from 3.5% to 6.5% chance to get counter yeah, yeah, if you're in there, if you like that 3%, okay, that's fine. I realize these games don't mean anything down the stretch. I guess all I'm saying is we could sit here and, and talk about the Blues in June having the seventh pick overall, and they take a guy, and everybody's excited about that guy. And in four years, you realize this guy didn't turn out, didn't turn into anything. Or we could be talking about the Blues had the 11th pick, their draft uh, – staff did a tremendous job they got a great guy and this guy's an all-star so 
you know, I just, I just try to look at it from the other way. Whatever's going to happen down the stretch with these games happen, but it's going to be up to the draft class uh, in terms of uh, their staff, amateur staff, to, to do the right pick. And, and I think that's uh, what they've been studying all year for. Follow-up to that, JR. Uh, not many people know much about Tony Feltron, who is the uh, the man in charge of the amateur scouting, so he's going to be the guy that's in charge of that draft. Is there confidence around the league team that he's able to connect if they do get a significant pick here? Because for the longest time, it was Bill Armstrong. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of confidence in Tony. And, and when Bill left, uh, I don't want to say that was a surprise, but uh, he had been a, around a long time after taking over for Yarmouk Kekalainen and, and then found himself a, a GM job in Arizona. And, you know, that was kind of during the COVID time. And I remember uh, they, they appointed Tony Feltrin, and he's got some experience. He did this uh, with the Islanders, and he's been around for years, and he had been a Blue Scout for a long time, so well-deserving of that promotion. But I think at the time, Alex, it was a situation where, okay, Tony's going to take over for now. And then we'll see what we do with a permanent hire down the stretch. And, you know, Tony's done a good job the past couple of years. Blues have made some good picks. And, you know, when you have the confidence of a Doug Armstrong, I think that says a lot based on the guys they've had in that position in the past. So, uh, you know, kudos to uh, Tony. And, and, yes, to answer your question, a lot of confidence in the organization uh, for Tony and his staff to make that right pick. All right, JR, time for the question that has been making the news around the St. Louis Blues. Uh, it's it's one that's tough to talk about. Let's let's just be totally upfront and honest. But I know you guys were asking. Braden Shin answered a question on this. Craig Berube answered a question on this. Uh, it is newsworthy. The Blues announced their plans for Pride Night tonight, and they will not be wearing their warm-up jerseys. You mentioned that over on The Athletic. You reported that there. The Blues have previously worn the Pride jerseys during warm-ups uh, last year when they had their Pride Night. Now, you have a great piece on this over at The Athletic. People should read it for the full context of everything that is going on with teams' decisions on whether or not to wear the Pride Night jerseys. There have been some players that have opted out of this while their teams were wearing the Pride Night jersey. One specific reason uh, is because some players of uh, fr- from Russia have opted out after Russia's anti-gay laws were amended last year. Uh, JR, from your reporting, your conversations about the Blues, what have you learned in their decision-making process not to wear those Pride Night warm-ups tonight? Yeah, here's where it stands in my eyes, you know, talking to some people within the organization the past couple days about the decision, is that uh, the Blues say they want to put the focus on the initiatives that they have in place for tonight's game. And I don't need to read those, but there's a long list of things that the team is going to do at the rink tonight, auctions, everything they've done in the past. You know, a year ago, just going back a year ago, they did wear the pride jerseys and everybody wore them. If Ivan Provost in Philadelphia decides to wear the jersey or this doesn't become an issue, do we see the Blues wear the pride jerseys tonight? I think we do. I think that a lot of teams around the league are probably still wearing them, but that became an issue or a hot topic at that point when Provorov decided not to. I think all the organizations took stock in it. It became a headline league-wide. And so the Blues did their due diligence, and behind the scenes they had many, many meetings trying to decide what to do. And talking to these people is a very, very difficult decision. Uh, But it came down to they want to support Pride Night. They want to support the gay community. That's the release that they put out yesterday, and they feel – and I'm just the messenger here yep. that wearing the jersey can be a distraction. They want to focus on the positives. They've decided not to do it. We did talk to Braden Shen. We did talk to Craig Bruby about this, and both said 
They want to support it. Braden Chen, if the jersey's here, I'm putting it on. Uh, In the locker room, they believe in it. But tonight, at least this year, they're not going to wear the pride jersey. JR, people can read more about that over on The Athletic. You did a great piece explaining all of the backstory on this for The Athletic. Again, people can find it there. Uh, It is worth checking out for some of the context to all of this. Appreciate the time, as always, my man. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk with you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.